0: This is the Church Security Made Simple podcast, giving leaders practical solutions to help make your community safer. I'm your host, Simon Osimo, and I'm on a mission to keep his churches safe. Now, it's been over 10 years since the Lord called me into security ministry, and as a national church safety practitioner, supporting churches across the country, I'll share my expertise to give you simple solutions to keep your church safe. So if you're ready to make your church security simple, come join me and let's dive into this week's episode as we learn how to plan, prepare and protect our ministries. I want to start by saying thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. Please continue to share the episodes with your circle of influence and don't forget to rate and review. It means so much to me. It really does. And I want to start by saying a quick thank you to Bullis Insurers, the sponsor of this podcast series. Mark Bullis and his team really excel at supporting churches and they are the personal insurers of my business. So I'll leave their link in the show notes so you can check them out later. Now, I have a great guest for you today. Erika Cole is known simply as the church attorney. She is the host of a top 5% global podcast called Church Law, and she has over two decades of specialising in law for churches. Now, this conversation was recorded many, many months ago, so I'm excited to finally share it with you. Now, why is the topic of church law so important? Well, so many things, can it go wrong in our ministries? It's really important that we stay in compliance with both local and federal laws so that we run a legal house of worship. And believe me, I know from running my own consulting business, it is really difficult. There are so many different laws, but it's really hard for us to stay on top of them. But as business owners, as nonprofits, making sure we stay in compliance with the law is key to both our reputational risk and also the risk of being audited by a state or federal regulator. So, in this conversation with Eureka, I'm going to unpack church law and compliance and she's going to share her new audit system designed to help people just like you remove their overwhelm and stay in compliance. Now for the last seven years here in Minnesota I've hosted a regional conference called Securing Your Place of Worship and for many years erica uh, hosted her own church compliance conference in person but during the global pandemic she actually took this online and found immediate success having a think pretty much every state bar, Alaska, if I've got that right, um, attended her conference. So I want to kick off this conversation, finding the backstory to how her church compliance conference came about. Let's take a listen.
1: So I created the church compliance conference back in 2007. So it's an annual conference that has been listed as one of the top six, I think, church and management conferences in the nation. And so that's been a huge blessing, but I created it because, obviously, as an attorney who represents churches and ministries, not every church has the budget um, to hire a top attorney to manage its affairs. And so my vision for the Church Compliance Conference was to provide a resource um, that was very accessible to a broad um, spectrum of churches and make it very... Um, financially accessible, but also sort of put all of the needs that churches might have in one space. So I invite accountants, I invite in, in church insurance folks and um, I provide the plenary topic related to current legal affairs for churches and it's just been hugely successful. And when everybody else went online in 2020 we moved the conference um, to a virtual space and it I think we literally had, every state of the union present minus Alaska, something like that. I guess Alaskans uh, will hopefully come on board next time.
0: One of the things that I find that churches are most often asking me from across the country is where do we sit against our peers and what are other churches doing to stay safe and secure? Now, it's my belief that that same question could be asked about law and compliance. And it can be really hard to stay compliant with both state and federal laws. So the question that church facilities managers, business administrators, and security leaders should be asking themselves is this. What is it that successful churches are doing around church law that we are not? Now, if you listen in, I asked Erika that very question.
1: So what do successful churches do? Um I think it's really important as I have served churches, denominations, tax exempt organizations for the entirety of my career. So we're talking well over 23, almost 24 years. Um this is what I've what I've done. One of the primary things to consider is knowing what it means to operate in compliance, how to actually operate a church. While we know that people come to church um, because they have hopefully a love for God and Um, And leaders serve the church because they have a love for God and a love for God's people. But it really is important to recognize that there is a business side of church. Um, I don't take the position that church is a business because it's way more precious than that. But there is a business side of church, and it's important for every church to know how to operate in compliance. So that means everything from ensuring that it has proper records, proper Record keeping, making sure that its documentation is proper, making the necessary filings with the state and federal government as necessary, and then having the right people in place to assist the church with these things. We know that volunteers tend to be the backbone of churches, but there are certain operations that require maybe churches to outsource some of the necessary work that it's done. So when you're seeking a professional, such as an accountant or an attorney, or maybe even uh, someone to assist you with setting up your security. You really wanna be able to bring in those experts who maybe can train some of your volunteers, but someone who really is able to hit the ground running and who stays in touch with those salient details, the changes in the law, the changes in taxes and things of that nature. So churches that operate at the highest level make sure that they operate in compliance, they understand what it means, they bring in the right team for the right job.
0: The challenge we always have in the church is that we are predominantly a volunteer workforce, but there are some roles such as safety and security leaders and law and compliance where we're looking for very specific skills. In fact, one of the reasons that I see church security programs fail across the country is that either the church has the wrong leader in place or they've invested so little in that person's personal growth and development that they do not have the skills to be successful. Now I spoke with Arika about knowing when is it best to hire someone from the outside for those roles that require a very specific skill set that can increase our church liability if we get it wrong. Let's take a listen.
1: To the question of when do we know that we can use a volunteer versus when we might need to identify an expert outside of the church. A lot of churches, you know, operate on a budget that may not anticipate the needs of the church in the way that we would want to encourage them to do so. So, obviously, churches have plans for their programs, um, your Easter production and your outreaches, and all those things are important. We also understand that. You have to play both offense and defense, right? So on the offense side, yes, you want to make sure that you have a financial plan for all of your programs, but you've got to also have a steady defense. So, you know, there's a statement that defense wins games. And the truth is, no matter how much of great programming you have, if you don't have a strong risk management set up, then it can be lost in a moment. And I'm sad to say that, but it is true. I found
0: that churches always want to do the right thing. They know that risking compliance is hard. They know it's important. They are committed to doing the right thing. They often just need a push to get them on the right compliance path. However, however, the leniency that used to be given by the courts to churches is no longer there. We are expected as 501c3 nonprofits churches, we are expected to be knowledgeable on the law like everyone else and be in compliance. Now, Erika talks to us about churches wanting to do the right thing.
1: Sometimes I have clients say to me, you know, Erika, we want to do the right thing. And my response is always the first step in doing the right thing is wanting to do the right thing. So I believe that most churches do come at this from a perspective of of wanting to do the right thing, but I also think that there's a bit of an information gap um, of what that looks like and what it takes in order to operate in compliance. And so unfortunately, we're living in a day where the cultural shifts and um, the information that people have on a need-to-know basis. It's continuing to increase, and it's not going to diminish. Um, we find ourselves at a real crux, I think, within the the church in in America for sure, that the legal issues that impact their operations are increasing, and they're they're just not going away. So it would be a mistake to to not give one's strong focus to what it means to operate in compliance. I'm finding that the, the, the past that maybe judges and, um, and other government officials would give churches, it's just not that way anymore. They feel like over time you've seen, you know, the judges watch the same TV you watch, right? So you're seeing all of these issues around child abuse, these issues around security within churches, these issues around the fall of leaders. And they're expecting that the church, we check ourselves because if we don't check ourselves, then the government is much more likely to check us. And I think that that is, if I want to use a biblical reference, it's sort of like falling in the hands of an angry God as opposed to falling in the hands of man. Like we want to be in a place where we're able to make good choices, come and take advantage of the professionals who are here to help. So that you don't end up, unfortunately, on the front page of the news for a not good reason. I just want to point out that while there are risks, um, there are also resources. And so one of the resources is literally the fact that they are here, that they're getting the information that we're able to share with them now. I also just want to mention one of the free resources that I have is the Church Law Podcast. Um, As you know, um, the Church Law Podcast is a podcast for pastors and church leaders. It's free. It's on all the podcast platforms that you would um, reach. And it provides information that is on the ground. It's current. It's something that's accessible to you. I also have an annual conference called the Church Compliance Conference. It's coming up this year, September 22nd of 2022. And it's online. Wherever you find yourself in the world, you can get to it. So just like the podcast that is fully accessible and free, the conference is fully accessible. It's been free, and I just want to mention that you're, you, you know, Simon is here. I'm here. There are other professionals like us who are here to serve the church.
0: Working with my friend Ginny Cronin, who is a non-profit attorney from Henninson and Snooksell here in Minnesota. Now I've heard Ginny say time and time again the importance of having an employee handbook but why is this so important and how does it help a church and a nonprofit stay on the right side of the law? I asked Eureka, why is a handbook so important? And here's what she said.
1: If you have one employee, you need to have an employee handbook because employment laws will apply to you. And whether that one employee is the pastor or the church secretary or whatever that is, it's important to make sure that we are operating in a way that Number one, we have proper worker designation. And what that means is that the IRS says that every worker is going to be put into one or two categories. They are either a W-2 employee or they are 1099 contractor. And churches are notorious for making mistakes around worker designation. And unfortunately, this is another area that the IRS is really tightening up on. Funny enough, the most recent episode of the podcast deals with churches and HR matters. And we specifically talk about the employee handbook and other employment matters. So it's important to make sure that you have a proper set of policies that always would include employment matters and making sure that you um, review the IRS regulations around worker designation. I think I did a whole video on, on one of my sites, on one of my social media sites about um, whether a musician is a contractor or an employee, because church worker designations can be confusing. And, and unfortunately, though the IRS is not very sympathetic. So we want to do our best to try to make sure we have the proper designation and employee handbook to outline the requirements of employment, There's also the ministerial exception, which is a big deal for churches. We could spend all day going down this road. But yeah, I would just point them maybe to the most recent episode of the podcast, which does deal with HR matters for churches um, in the church law podcast.
0: Now, one of the reasons why churches can struggle around safety and security and law and compliance is that they don't have the budgets available to them. But one of the bigger reasons is often about not knowing where to go. And it's that old-fashioned saying, you don't know what you don't know, and simply not knowing where to look to get the help. So here, Erika talks about creating the Church Attorney Legal Audit System to help leaders and administrators stay in compliance.
1: It's called the Church Attorney Legal Audit System. And because, of course, you know me, I I created it and then I registered it with the United States Patent and Trademark Trademark Offices. That's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But but literally, I created the system because I found that there wasn't a real concise mechanism for churches to be able to even self evaluate, like, where am I? How am I doing compared to other churches? How am I operating compared to other churches, perhaps even the size or other churches in my area? And so the compliance system breaks down everything from number one, from a diagnostic level, let's just get in and let's, you know, There I use another analogy. Let's lift up the hood and let's look around and see what's going on. So I help you just have a checklist of a diagnostic so that you even know what you're looking for. And then we go through a series of audits looking at the state level because there are specific requirements there, looking at the federal level and then looking at policies. And this brings us back to one of the things that you mentioned. That's everything from employment policies to child protection policies, which is really critical to all of these necessary internal conflicts, policies, financial operations, like these are things that every church is going to need, but not every church knows that it needs. So it really is a way to helping churches move to that green light, ultimately, of compliance. It is my desire um, and what I believe is that churches and church leaders want to honor And I believe that the people who come to church, who give, who pay their tithes, who are present, they want to know that their leaders are doing everything they can to keep them safe, to keep the affairs uh, moving forward in an honorable way, and to, as I say, keep them out of the news for, for bad reasons. And so it is my belief that most church leaders have that as a pivotal desire. And to the degree that that's the case, the more you're informed, I think the more you are willing to do the things that that keep your congregation safe.
0: Well, Erika, it's been an honour and a privilege to spend time with you today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom with my listeners. And I know that we will continue to work together in the future. And I look forward to attending your Church Compliance Conference this September.
1: It's been delightful, and um, I look forward to having you on the church law podcast hopefully next season so let's make that happen
0: thank you for listening to the church security made simple podcast if you're looking for training on how to keep you and your church community safe or if you're interested in working with me on my five a week group coaching program please head over to worshipsecurity.org and if you've enjoyed this podcast episode don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening Now, I'll be back with you on the next episode. But until then, stay safe, have a blessed day. And remember, always plan, prepare and protect your ministry.